wedding anniversaries and March birthdays for wedding anniversaries. Do we have any March wedding anniversaries? If so, raise your hand. Amen and amen. Brother Robbie and Miss Linda. Amen. Amen. Do we have any birthdays for the month of March? Amen. Miss Kathy, Miss Melanie, Brother Charles. Amen. That is wonderful. Amen. Any others? Did I miss any in the choir? The choir is marching this morning. Hey, man, what we'd like to do at this time is to sing happy birthday for those uh, birthdays in the month of March. Here we go. Thank you, Lord, for giving us the opportunity today, Lord, to come into your house, Lord, to give you honor and glory, Lord, and to accept your Son, Jesus, as our Lord and Savior. Yes. And we pray with Pastor Wild, Lord, have them to say what you want us to learn, Lord, and the people who are, who are looking for us, Savior, Lord, may they come to the cross and to be washed by the blood of the Lamb. And it's in Jesus' name that we do pray. Amen. Amen. Amen and amen. And if you can remain resting upon your feet, we would love for you to join us in singing hymn 324, hymn 324. Wonderful grace of Jesus.
God's able can say. Amen. Amen. I went through a business the other day while we were away, and the gentleman was paying with his debit card, and uh, the guy behind the counter said, you know, when they uh, update the debit cards for businesses, they're going to start using a palm reader instead of an ID number. Y'all catching what I'm throwing? In other words, Jesus is coming soon. Amen. So, if there's anything in our lives that need to be taken care of, we better kneel at the cross. Amen. Hymn number 124, kneel at the cross as we stand once again, if you would please. Hymn number 124, kneel at the cross. Welcome to Central Park Baptist Church. We're glad that you're here this morning. Thank you so much for coming. If you're a first-time visitor here and you did not receive a visitor card, our ushers are here to give you one. If you just slip your hand up, they'll come right to where you're at and give you a visitor card. We're going to ask that you fill that out. At the end of the service, uh, outside in the foyer, there's a uh, table out there or a desk. Behind it, it says, Welcome. If you'll bring that visitor card to me filled out, we have a gift bag that we want to give you to thank you for coming to being a part of Central Park Baptist Church. We want to thank you all for being here. There's a lot of places that folks could go to church, but you chose to be with us this morning, and we're appreciative of that. Welcome. We're glad you're here. Well, it's good to be home. I know that. Amen. I enjoy going away and getting some good preaching, but... uh, you know, it's always good to be back home, and I'm thankful for that. Uh, I want to say thank you for all, real quick for all of the, the folks that came and helped in the kitchen yesterday. Hey, man, uh, thank you very much. Man, you guys worked hard. Uh, and uh, I mean, a lot of people makes a little work, hey, man. And so 
just wanted to say thank you very quickly for you being here, being here yesterday and helping us with that. We still got a little ways to go, but it's coming, amen, I'm, and I'm excited uh, about that. Well, if you're ready to have a good offering, say amen. 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 God's got plenty of money, amen. Amen. But right now, it's still in your pocket. <laughs> so uh, I want to encourage you this morning, please give as unto the Lord and and uh, trust him because God said, give, and it shall be given unto you. Press down, shaking them together, and running over shall men give unto your bosom. So you give generously and liberally this morning because God loves a cheerful giver. Amen. Amen. Father, bless the offering today. I'm thankful, Lord, for uh, our folks this morning, all of our guests that are here today. Thank you, Lord. I, I pray, God, that you'll visit with us in a special way. Lord, that it'll not be me that preaches, but God, you through me. And uh, so, Lord, please help and bless. Thank you for this offering we're about to receive. Lord, please bless the gift and the giver. And, Lord, I pray that your blessings will be upon it. Multiply it. Use it for the furtherance of the cause of Christ in this place. And we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. If you have an offering, you please come. Thank you. 
Bow the knee. Man, message within itself. Thank you, Brother Tracy. What an awesome song. I appreciate that. I appreciate also the privilege of being able to get away for a few days. You know, I'm, as, you know, preachers need to be preached to just like you do. And, uh, and it was a privilege to get away and, and uh, at the conference and uh, be among all those preachers and just sit and listen to them preach. And, and brother, I want you to know when they did this time, they really, you know, they uh, plowed the field and shucked the corn both. And they, uh, they just, and I was glad that because it, some, you know, just like you feel like you're, you know, he looked right at me. Yeah, yeah you know, uh, it, it's same here as well. And, but I appreciate the, uh, the only way that uh, Miss White and I could afford to do that is that for you to uh, allow us to do that and, and make a way for us to do it. And I appreciate that very much. And we, again, we needed the, the, to get a way to do that. And, but I'm glad to be home. Amen. Not really, I'm glad to be home. <laughs> uh, I'm going home to, to, to this evening too. I hadn't been back to the house yet, but we're going tonight to make sure that the house didn't blow away in the storm the other day. <laughs> Brother Wu Jin made me a little nervous, and they they were talking about tornadoes. He said, "I'd like to see see one of those right, you know, up front, up close." And I said, "No, you don't. I mean, what a you know. I think there's something wrong with him a little bit." But so y'all pray with him. Matthew chapter five is where we're going to turn to this morning. Uh, it's also good to see Brother Dennis King with us today. He's uh, one of my trustees in Pampa. And uh, so it's always good to see you men come back around and, and come. He said he wanted to hear some good preaching, but I said, well, I'm going to preach anyway, so, you know. <laughs> uh, but, uh, but I'm glad to see him this morning. Matthew chapter 5, if you've found your place, say amen. amen. Uh, I'd like to read the, um, in fact, let's read down through verse 12, all right. It says, and seeing the multitudes, he went up into a mountain, and when he was uh, set, his disciples came unto him, and he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are they that mourn, for they shall be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Blessed are the merciful, for they shall obtain mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they shall see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the children of God. And blessed are they which are persecuted for righteousness' sake, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you who shall revile you and persecute you and shall say, All manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For so persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Dear Father, I pray this morning that you'd bless the reading of your word. And I pray, dear Lord, God, that you'd speak to our hearts. And may we allow you to speak to us, Lord. God, you're not going to force us to listen. And I pray, God, that you'd please, Lord, help us today to open our hearts and our, our minds to, Lord, you only today. May we put away those thoughts, God, that try to rob us of that uh, of that still small voice that wants to speak to us today. So bless us, Lord, this morning. Bless the preaching of your word today. Help me as I, uh, I, I preach today. I pray, God, that again, it'll not be me, but it'll be you through me. Bless the reading of your word, and we give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. Beatitudes. I guess these are, if you, you know, the declarations of blessing by the Lord Jesus. But the one I want to 
focus in on this morning is, uh, is verse 6, where it says, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. You know, I was thinking about this while we were away, and, and uh, this is not what I was going to preach, but the Lord uh, changed, you know, He has a way of changing your mind. And, it's, and it's, by the way, it's good if we listen to Him when He does talk to us. Uh, because he does want to speak to our hearts, and he does, uh, you know, but it does no good at all if we don't listen to him when he does speak. And I got to thinking about this, and I guess for a title of the message, I want to talk to you about living on the edge of righteousness. Uh, uh, it's, uh, you know, uh, it's just something that, anyway, we'll, but this beatitude in verse 6, uh, it talks about a strong desire or a driving pursuit. Uh, that's inside of us today. I mean, it, it's a holy ambition that God gives us, and uh, which is in contrast today with the uh, worldly ambition of, of folks today, and uh, that they, you know, the ambitions of men that that they have to gratify their own lust, to accomplish their own goals, and satisfy their own ego. You know, and if we're not careful, we, you know, there's nothing wrong with ambition if it's directed in the right direction. Yeah. Amen. Uh, but we have a few examples of people in Scripture that had ambition that was directed in the wrong uh, direction, that was selfish. For example, Satan himself was one. Uh, he at one time, think about this, stood in the splendor of God's glory. In fact, his name Lucifer, it means a star of the morning it, or it means the bright one. But Satan wasn't satisfied with living in God's glory. A lot of people like that today. Uh, a lot of Christians like that today. Uh, Satan was one of those who was not satisfied with living in God's glory. In fact, if you look in Isaiah chapter 14, you'll see where he said in his heart, listen, we say a lot of things in our heart, but I want to remind you today, God hears that. Well, just because we don't say it out loud, listen, I'm telling you, if we say it in our thoughts, God still hears. And we see that here. It says, and he, when he said in his heart, he said, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit on the mount of the congregation in the sides of the north. And I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Listen, his ambition was not to reflect God's glory, but his ambition was to usurp God's sovereign power while he was forsaking righteousness. So when Satan declared his intention to make himself like the Most High, well, the Most High responded in verse 15 of Isaiah 14 by saying this to Satan. He said, Thou shalt be brought down to hell to the sides of the pit. Listen, I want you to understand something. We better make sure that our ambition is the right ambition and it's to honor and glorify God himself. Yeah. If you recall, we studied about Nebuchadnezzar, uh, the king of Babylon who ruled at that time perhaps the greatest kingdom ever in, in the known world. Uh, and he came to that place where he said this. He said, it's not this great Babylon that I have built for the house of the kingdom. He said, by the might of my power and for the honor of my majesty. You know what he said? Man, look what I accomplished. Look what I did. Well, if you go on and read about Nebuchadnezzar, if you remember, you remember what God said? Listen, Nebuchadnezzar, you're going to eat grass like an animal. You're going to roam around on all fours. I mean, And you know, listen, God has a way of getting our attention. 
but he had that type of ambition. You remember the rich farmer whose crops were so vast that he didn't have the barns enough to, uh, to put the, the, the harvest in. And so he said, you know, and I'm paraphrasing, he said, you know, I'm just going to tear these barns down. I'm going to build bigger and better. So he said, soul, take thine ease. Eat, drink, and be merry. It's all good. But he forgot about God. You know what he was saying? Look at everything that I did. He looked at all this stuff that I have accomplished. And if you remember, God told him, he said, This night thy soul shall be required of thee, and whose shall all these things be? Listen, it's okay to have ambition. It's okay to have things. It's okay to want more and, and all those things. But listen, but we better put them in the proper perspective. Satan hungered for power. Nebuchadnezzar hungered for praise. The rich young farmer hungered for pleasure. And all because they hungered for the wrong things and rejected God's good things and God's righteousness. Guess what? They forfeited both. And Jesus declared here in Matthew 5 and verse 6, He said of every person, every born again child of God, Listen, uh, our desire ought to be to hunger and thirst after righteousness. Listen, the Declaration of Independence. Now, you've got to be careful and read this verse. The Declaration of Independence says that we have a right to pursue happiness. Now, the Founding Fathers didn't guarantee that. Amen? I mean, they didn't guarantee that all who, would, who pursued happiness would find it but that each of us as citizens of this country had the right to pursue happiness. Each person is free to seek whatever kind of happiness he wants in the way that he wants within the law. The sad thing is that most U.S. citizens, like most people throughout all history, they've chosen to pursue the wrong kind of happiness in the wrong ways that provide no happiness whatsoever. And the same is true spiritually speaking. God says, blessed are they which do hunger and thirst. Here's that word, after righteousness. In other words, we're going to, we should be pursuing after righteousness. Listen, we, we will never attain sinless perfection this side of heaven. Some people believe that. But listen, I'm here to let you know that we will never uh, uh, obtain the, the type of righteousness that, that one day we will obtain when we see the, the, the Lord Jesus Christ face to face and our faith is, is made sight. At that moment, listen, we will be changed in the moment in the twinkling of an eye and it'll all be over. And listen, and then we will, put, we will have perfect righteousness. But until that day, we have to pursue after it. Uh, It's something that we ought to pursue every moment of every day because God said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Yeah. Um, Jesus says that the way to happiness, the way to being truly blessed, is the way of spiritual hunger and thirst. You know, uh, well, let me show you the necessity of, uh, of spiritual hunger. Hunger and thirst here, they represent the necessities of this physical life. Uh, listen, you and I, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I, I, I guarantee you we get hungry. And every Sunday morning, everybody wants a donut. Thank God for those that bring them. Amen. Because when they get here, it's almost like a buzzard on something dead. 
I mean, you can always tell where the donuts are on a Sunday morning because everybody's over there. Amen. Come on, say amen. Listen, you know why we hunger and thirst after a donut and a cup of coffee? When I go to bed at night, I'm, I'm going to bed and I'm thinking, man, I can't wait to get up in the morning and drink a cup of coffee. I thirst after coffee. But listen, those, those are the physical needs of this life. Jesus is saying here that righteousness is required for spiritual life, just like food and water are required for the physical life. And watch this, righteousness is not an optional spiritual supplement. Listen, it's not something that we, you know, oh, wait, I need some, I need some righteousness, so I'm going I'm to go to church on Sunday. You know, we, uh, we treat Sundays and, and worship like it's some type of a spiritual supplement that we add to our life to go along with what we're doing Monday through Saturday. No, wait a minute. Righteousness is an absolute spiritual necessity. It's not an option. Just as we can't live physically without food and water, we cannot live spiritually without righteousness. Uh, listen, and, and, and when I was studying, I, I, I found some things. I want you to get this. In 436 B.C., Rome experienced a famine uh, to the point that, that thousands, they were facing starvation. And, and so rather than starve to death, thousands of people literally threw themselves into the Tiber River and drowned rather than starve to death. Famine struck England in A.D. 1005 where literally thousands and thousands of people starved to death. Listen, throughout the centuries, you go and read, despite the agricultural advances, many parts of the world has experienced famine. They're still doing that today. And millions of people starved to death. Listen, a starving person has a single, all-consuming passion for Two things, food and water. I promise you, you go find somebody that's literally starving to death and you drive up in a new car and say, man, listen, I heard you were starving to death. I want to give you this new car. You follow me? Listen, you say, well, listen, you, you, you go up to someone that's, uh, that's starving to death. You say, I got a big, no, wait a minute. They, their main drive and their main passion as a starving person is to have something to eat and something to drink. Yeah. Nothing else will appeal to them, only that which helps them in this physical body simply because they are starving to death. And the sad thing is that there are millions who are without God's righteousness and they are starving to death spiritually. They don't have a desire for spiritual life like they do for the physical life. Listen, and I'm just using this as an example, so don't run off. I wish that we all had a, a spiritual desire for the spiritual things of God like we do for a donut on, on Sunday morning. Yeah, but we don't have that spiritual desire. Listen, you know what's happening? People live on the edge of righteousness. Their tendency is to turn to self and to the world for, for the meaning of life and for, for things that might fulfill them, you know, but, 
but there's a couple of verses, 2 Peter 2, 22, and Proverbs chapter 26 and verse 11, it talks about as a dog returns to its vomit and a, and a sow that's washed goes back to the mire. Listen, uh, we have people today, Christians, uh, who are, are living on the edge of righteousness. Listen, God has created us as, as listen, all individuals with a, a need for Him. Come on, are y'all still here? Say amen. But people try to satisfy that need through the things of this world, through, through the lifeless gods that they, they build into their own life and of their own making. And they try to satisfy that spiritual hunger and thirst that's placed in us by God with just as little food, just as little spiritual food as they can get by with. And they're literally starving to death. Listen, we try to live on spiritual junk food. You know, I looked that up, and I, and, and I thought, and I asked the question, you know, you can find it just about anything on Google. Uh, but a lot of Christians today, watch this, we want to live on, on spiritual junk food. And I thought, well, I wonder how many uh, Americans uh, eat junk food. Forty percent eat junk food, fast food, every day. That's a lot of people. Do you know that it also said that 88% of Americans are metabolically unhealthy? 88%. And I thought, listen, if that's so about our, the physical needs of this life, yeah. I, I wonder what the percentage of that is when it comes to the spiritual things of life. Listen, we uh, uh, Christians today are, are trying to live on spiritual junk food and just get by with just as little as we possibly can. And we want to we, we live on the edge of righteousness. We don't want to go too far. And we, we just want to stay as close as we can. Listen, God help us. That is not spiritually healthy. It's like the little boy that went to bed one night about 2 o'clock in the morning. His mother heard a big old loud thump and she ran in there and he had fallen out of bed. And she said, man, what happened? How did you fall out of the bed? And he said, I guess I was too close to where I got in. <laughs> Do you know why a lot of Christians today are out of church and, and a lot of Christians today aren't serving in the church like they ought to? They're too close to where they got in. Yeah. 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 They're living on the edge of righteousness. You see, 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18, you're familiar with these verses. It says, we will come out from among them, thus saith the Lord. Be ye separate, saith the Lord. You know that these two verses are a quote from Isaiah 52. It's when God led Israel out of Babylonian captivity. God told them, that, he said, listen, I'm leading you out of captivity. You leave everything behind. Don't take anything out of this defiled land. You leave it there. They were to come out from unbelievers and be separate. You say, well, what's that mean? Well, I'm glad you asked. That's a, that's a good question. I, and I just happen to have uh, an answer for you right here. Y'all were, y'all were wondering that, right? Okay, good. Stay with me. Well, it does not mean believers are to leave the cities. You follow me? We're talking about come out from, uh, come out from among them and, and be a separate, saith the Lord. It doesn't mean that, that we're to leave the community or, or leave the workplace of the world. Listen, believers are not to isolate themselves from, uh, from unbelievers and have nothing to do with them. Listen, we're saved and, and, and we, we uh, live in this world with unbelievers. We share the world with them. Come on, are y'all still here? 
but God is saying that believers are to be different. Radically different. That's what that means. Separate means to be radically different. Listen, God help us today, and we're gonna, I'm, I'm going to just stick right here. Do you know that there is a, a movement going on today? I, 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 I didn't know it was as bad as what it is, but there's a movement going on today called the Translation Transition. And, and where they're having seminars. I'm talking about preachers in independent Baptist churches where they're having seminars to, uh, uh, to show the preachers how to lead their people away from the King James Bible. Yep. Listen, uh, we got to be careful. God said, be you separate. In other words, be radically different. We're not to be like the world. Listen, it's the world that has given us all the other Bible versions. And our King James is not a version. It's the King James Bible. The other ones are versions. They're a version of this, but they are not the inspired Word of God. Listen, and there's a lot of things today that are infiltrating our churches today that we've got to be careful about. Come out from among them and be a separate, saith the Lord. I didn't say it. He said it. Yeah. Uh, be different. And as, uh, as believers in an unbelieving world, listen, they need to see Christ in us. Yes, Let me show you the meaning of spiritual hunger. Most of us have never faced or been threatened with, with starvation or, 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 or going without thirst. We think of hunger as missing a meal. Amen? Yeah. We think of hunger as when we fast a day or so. You know, uh, we, we think of hunger if we fast two days and, you know, we begin to see all the commercials. Yeah. I mean, we think they've invented uh, smell-o-vision. You know, because the commercials come on TV and we swear up and down we can smell it. You know why? We think we're starving to death. Um, we, but we really don't know what hunger and thirst really is. But the hunger and thirst Jesus is talking about here is more intense i read the story during the liberation of palestine in world war one there was a, a combined force of the british uh, australians and new zealand soldiers they were uh, pursuing after the turks through the desert and they were uh, the, the, they were the turks were retreating back through the desert and the the uh, allied forces were chasing them through the uh, through the desert. Well, while these allied forces were chasing them through, they were moving up north through uh, Beersheba. And it says that they, uh, as they chased the Turks, they began to outdistance their water, their water supply. And they had all these camels that were carrying water on them. Well, the soldiers, they were uh, such in hot pursuit uh, of the Turks that they outdistanced the water that was behind them. And as a result of that, the soldiers were literally going hours and even a day without water while they were in battle and it said that some of the men they became dizzy and faint there were literally hundreds of them that died as a result of uh, of thirst and nothing to drink and it says their lips swelled and their their mouths turned purple and mirages became common and it says they they knew if they didn't have make it to what was they were looking for the wells of sharia by nightfall that literally it would not just be hundreds that would die they they said it would literally be thousands that would die from thirst 
but they managed to drive the Turks from Sharia where the water was located. And it says as water was distributed from the great stone cisterns, the more able-bodied were required to stand at attention and wait for the wounded and those who would take guard duty to drink first. He said it was four hours before the last man had his drink. And during that time, the, they said that men stood no more than 20 feet from thousands of gallons of water to drink, which had been their consuming passion for days upon days. And one of the officers who was there that day, this is what he said. He said, I believe that if we all learned our, he said, I believe that we all learned our first real Bible lesson on the march from Beersheba to Sharia Wells. If such were our thirst for God, for righteousness, and for His will in our lives, a consuming, all-embracing, preoccupying desire, how rich in the fruit of the Spirit would we be? Listen, every Sunday, every Sunday afternoon, and every Wednesday we are literally feet from a well of living water. And all we have to do is come. And yet folks will stand on the edge of righteousness and they will literally die of thirst spiritually. Listen, uh, this is the kind of hunger and thirst that the Lord's talking about here. The child of God ought to have a deep longing for holiness. You know, we're studying Moses on Sunday afternoon and 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 you you begin to read, you know, when we we've already come to the place where uh, Moses in the burning bush and where God called him to service. But when he goes back to Egypt to deliver the people, you you read, he saw God's might and God's power and the miracles and in the 10 commandments or excuse me, in the ten plagues. He saw God part the Dead Sea and swallow up the Egyptian army that pursued after them. Moses saw God's glory in the pillar of cloud and the pillar of fire that led Israel through the wilderness. Listen, he saw uh, the glory of God shining over the holy of holies. Over and over, Moses sought after God's glory. Exodus chapter 33 and verse 11 It says, the Lord spake to Moses face to face as a man speaketh to his friend. But Moses was never satisfied. Listen, he always wanted to see more and he prayed in Exodus 33 and verse 18. Lord, show me thy glory. Listen, God told him in verse 19, he said, I will make all my goodness pass before thee and I will proclaim the name of the Lord before thee. Listen, God help us today to hunger and thirst after righteousness and want to see more and more of the glory of Almighty God. But people are dying of thirst. They just want to hang out on the edge of righteousness as far as I want to go. You know, listen, I don't know about you, but I, I, I want to see more. Listen, uh, David sought after God in Psalm 63 and verse 1. He said, early will I seek thee. My soul thirsteth for thee. My flesh longeth for thee in a dry and thirsty land. Listen, he longed for God. 
Listen, let me ask you something. Do you long for God? Do you have that hunger, that drive, that desire down deep in your soul? Listen, on a Monday, not just on a Sunday morning. Listen, we get up on Sunday morning and say, Oh, man, I got to go to church. No, we get to go to church. Listen, just as we get up and want a donut or desire a cup of coffee, even more so, we ought to long for the presence of Almighty God in our life. But we want to live on the edge of righteousness. Listen, the Apostle Paul longed for the righteousness of God. In fact, turn to Philippians, if you would. Philippians chapter 3. And look in verse 9 and 10. Philippians verse th- chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. When you find your place, say amen. Okay, that's not enough. Philippians chapter 3, verse 9 and 10. Say amen, found your place. Amen. And be found in him, not having mine own righteousness, Paul here, which is of the law, but that which is through the faith of Christ, the righteousness which is of God by faith. Note, look what he says, that I may know him and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death. Listen, Paul said that I may know him. Oh, listen, do you want to know him? Do you have that longing to be close to him? And uh, do, you, do you miss him when, when you don't have that devotion time in your life? Listen, do you miss him when you feel like that he's not talking to you like the, the old preacher of back in the, uh, uh, the Western days? He's an old circuit riding preacher. He was walking down the sidewalk one day and he got worried and he's, he's talking to God. And he said, oh God, I'm, something's wrong. I, I don't, I've been preaching, but nobody's, uh, nobody's cussed me lately. Nobody's done anything bad. And he's saying, Lord, I'm, I'm beginning to wonder if I'm walking in your will. And at about that time, a rock zinged by and hit the wall. And, and somebody across the street started cussing him. And he said, oh, never mind, Lord, I'm okay. <laughs> Listen, I want you to understand something. People need to know today that you are a born-again child of God. And they need to see his righteousness in you. And you can't have it if you live on the edge of righteousness. You got to get in. Listen, the things of God can't be an option to you. They have to be a necessity. Come on. Let's get, I mean, we're right, we're down here where the hair is short. Where the the rubber meets the road, so to speak. Listen, it's time to to be committed to the things of God. We are living in the last days. The Lord Jesus Christ is about to come back and if we don't reach people with the gospel, they're going to die and go to hell. And if we don't reach them, who's going to? No, nobody. It's time for us to be committed. Yeah. It's time for us to get away from the edge. You ever tell your kids that? I've told my kids that. Hey, get away from that edge. Get away from there. Get away from the edge. Get away. It's dangerous. Listen, Paul said that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. Be careful. And the fellowship of his suffering being made conformable unto his death is not going to be easy. But I'm telling you, it's going to be worth it. I read a story about an individual who 
started going to a Bible study at their church. And after about a month or so of the Bible study, they, uh, they gave it up. And they explained by one of the people that asked them why they quit coming. They said, well, they wanted to be religious, but they didn't want to make the commitment that Scripture demanded. That's where we live today. Listen, we live in a day uh, where, uh, just like this person, they had a little hunger for the things of God. They wanted to pick and choose. They wanted to nibble at whatever suited their fancy because they were satisfied with where they were. And in their own eyes, they, they had enough of God. I mean, that's all they wanted. You know, God, I, uh, you, know, you can have a little bit of me, but I want all of you. When, I had need, when there's a need in my life, now I'm going to expect you to be there and bail me out. Uh, if, I, there, if there's something that, I mean, if there's a financial need, God, I mean, after all, I'm, I'm putting, you know, I'm putting $2 a week in the plate, and I come every Sunday morning. Boy, it's getting quiet. Yeah, you know what's happening? You're living on the edge of righteousness. Look back in... Chapter 5 of Matthew, look what it says. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst. You know, we, um, we live in a day where we, we, you ever get hungry for something and you don't really know what it is? You nibble on a little bit of this and that wasn't it. Nibble on a little bit of this and it's like, man, that wasn't it. I mean, you walk around nibbling on so many things just to try to find something that, that's going to satisfy that hunger that you have. And we wind up eating so much stuff, by the time we find out what we really wanted, we're stuffed. And we don't have room for it. That's what Christians are doing today. You know, God has indwelt, listen, He indwells in us in the Spirit, Holy Spirit of Almighty God and and we, listen, there's a hunger for spiritual things in us. And, and you know, we want to we wanna live on the edge of righteousness. And we want to do what we want the way we want. God, don't, don't make me move too far over here. Don't make me get in, you know, all the way in. And, and, and you know, and we, we nibble on this a little bit. And we nibble on this a little bit in the world. And we, listen, and then when we finally realize that God, what God wants us to do, we don't have an appetite for it anymore. We wind up in trouble. Listen, God said, Blessed are they which hunger and thirst after righteousness. You know, I'm, I'm reminded of a verse of scripture in Matthew 6 33. It says, But seek ye first the kingdom of God. And, huh? Isn't it amazing? Isn't it amazing how all this goes together? I mean, it fits, I don't know, like a puzzle, like 66 books. Inspired of Almighty God. And it goes like this. Yeah. Listen, this, this person went away. They had all that they wanted. They were satisfied with where they were in their relationship with God. But like the, uh, like the rich young ruler that God sent away in Luke 1, went away empty-handed. Listen, it's only the hungry that he fills with good things. Yeah, when a person, think about this, it's only when a person abandons all hope of saving himself, when he abandons 
all confidence and self-righteousness and begins to hunger for salvation that, uh, that brings God's righteousness and for the obedience that God requires, it's then that he'll be blessed and filled. You see, the giving of satisfaction is God's work. Our part is to seek. His part is to satisfy. When I show people how to get saved, I, I tell them, listen, God said in Romans 10, 13, call upon, uh, whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. And I'll ask them, I said, your part is the calling. Did you call on him? Did you ask him? They'll say, yeah. Well, then his part is the doing. Listen, our part is to seek. Blessed are they which do hunger. That word blessed means happy. Listen, people are looking for all kinds of things in the world today to satisfy them, but they're only found in the spiritual things of Almighty God. If you want to be satisfied uh, in the flesh, you're only going to be satisfied in the flesh through the Spirit. Psalm, let me read this, chapter 109, verse 9. It says, For he satisfieth the longing soul and filleth the hungry soul with goodness. Psalm 34, 10, it says, They that seek the Lord shall not want any good thing. A familiar verse or passage is Psalm 23, verses 1 and 5. It says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Verse 5 says, Thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. Thou anointest my head with oil. My cup is halfway full. My cup is 90% there. No, my cup runneth over. Because what God does, He does well. But it's only, listen, if you want your cup to run over, it's only going to run over if you hunger and thirst after righteousness. His righteousness. Not ours, not man's, not our works. Listen, uh, your, your satisfaction today is not in working more. It's not in more hours. It's not in more money. It's not in the things of this world. Your satisfaction is only in Christ. Period. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled, satisfied. So do you want to be blessed? It's up to you. Do you want to be satisfied? It's up to you. Want to be happy? It's up to you. Want to be joy-filled? It's up to you. But you're going to have to stop living on the edge of righteousness and make a commitment to live for God and be obedient. Listen, too many Christians today are living on the edge. You see it in churches all over our country, all over the world, where the world and the worldly churches have made it easy to live on the edge of righteousness. Yeah. But listen, nothing for God, I mean... I, I love the Lord. I love what I do. God called me. I've lived over there. I was talking to somebody the other day about something that, that, you know, in the past. And I said, and I thought to myself, self, I'm certainly glad that I don't live there anymore. Yeah. I was a child of God living on the edge of righteousness. And all I was was empty, unsatisfied, dissatisfied, hungry, 
for when I made my decision, Lord, I got to get away from the edge. I'm, I've been living on the edge long enough. And I said, okay, Lord, here am I. Use me. And I stepped away from the edge. And God started using me. He'll do the same thing for you. But you got to get away from the edge. Got to get away from the edge. Today's your chance to do that. So what, where are you going to stay? You going to stay on the edge? Or are you going to come do what God wants you to do? Obedient commitment to God. Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. Father God, I pray that you'd help us this morning. Lord, we sure do live on in a day where folks are satisfied with living on the edge. I pray, God, that we'll not do that. Lord, I pray that whatever, uh, Lord, you have laid on the hearts of those that are here, I don't know what they've been dealing with this week, Lord, but you do. And Lord, maybe there's someone here that's not saved. God, the only way they can really begin their pursuit of happiness, Lord, is to get saved. And God, I pray that they'll come. Lord, for that Christian God who's not living for you like they should, I pray, God, that this morning they'll make the decision, God, to come back to live for you and get away from the edge. Help us, Lord, to seek after your righteousness. For then and only then will we be filled. So, Lord, give us give this invitation. Bless the Lord, and I'll give you a praise in Jesus' name. Amen. While heads are bowed and eyes are closed, nobody looking around.